Good to see you this morning. You know, uh, thank you, Seth. I know that feeling of being the lone band, the lone man band. Uh, just even today, as I'm up here, I'm, I'm uh, reminded, I feel like I've gone back about 18 years. The feeling in here is very similar to when we uh, first started. Actually, we started with about uh, a quarter of this amount of people. But just to give you a little bit of uh, encouragement about what God is doing. Um, so 15 years ago, February, we, uh, we started our first public service at the Knights of Columbus Hall. Uh, right here in downtown Brighton, and uh, about 20 of us there. And I was just thinking today, today we have, uh, that out of this church has been birthed uh, four, uh, there are four locations now stateside with over 800 people meeting, uh, and uh, there are uh, almost, I would say a little shy of 20 folks, including uh, uh, parents and children that are in uh, five locations internationally, and uh, that's just in 15 years. And I have great anticipation that as we just gather around the person of Jesus and uh, we love him with all of our hearts, that uh, within the next five to ten years, we met as a leadership or oversight meeting for our uh, group of churches called Community of Faith International. And um, just have great faith that uh, those numbers are going to going to swell, um, and that even what is 800 now would be 8,000 very soon of people that God has touched through, through what we're doing, which is one thing of many things that God's doing. The thing I want to encourage you with today is that God is about honoring, God the Father is about honoring His Son, Jesus, and whoever will gather around Him and take a risk in Him uh, to see Him known is going to see great things happen for God's glory. Um, so... Can we just thank the Lord for all that he's done in the last 15 years among us? All right. Thank you, Jesus. I'd say, I'd say the bigger miracle is that of everyone who came on that initial team, we still love each other deeply. I can remember that team and uh, that, uh, that we are about uh, something wonderful and uh, joining together with God. How are you all doing today? You enjoying this reprieve in the weather? At all? Yes. I saw, I, I think I was dreaming, 63 degrees today. Mm, that will be nice. Uh, I'm going to enjoy it. Get ready for those who, uh, it's your first year here. <laughs> it will cool down, uh, <clears throat> as it already has. But Welcome to those of you who are guests here today, visitors we might call, guests. We're honored to have you here today. I know we have some family with us, and we have family from England. Ms. Crook, nice to have you here. Buckner clan is here from all kinds of locations, uh, from all kinds of Baylor locations and Vanderbilt and uh, such, and uh, different family members. It's just an honor and a pleasure uh, to have you with us today. And let's have expectation today. If we have one thing today, let's expect God to meet with us and to change our lives uh, for, his, for his glory and for our good. You know, my four- and three-year-old boys, Jude and Jake, are very energetic. Jude didn't look it very much this morning up there, but uh, you, I can testify to you, they are energetic boys. Um, you know, when I come home from work in the mornings, or in the mornings, I'm sorry, at night, uh, they are eager to, um, 
do all kinds of things. They are they 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 may give me a hug <laughs> really quickly, but they are eager to show me everything they do. You know, they got their little toolkits and they're fixing something around the house, uh, which usually involves paint peeling off <laughs> of expensive things that I painted, which is painful for me. But uh, you know, uh, whatever else it is, they are they are working like anything. They are doing their train set. They want me to be involved, seeing you know their Legos, their anything and everything. They want me involved. They're dressing up like policemen, like firemen, like uh, any kind of uh, person that you could imagine. Uh, and um, uh, they, they just, it's just such a wonderful, wonderful group of, uh, or just a wonderful time to be with my family when I come home from work. Um, it's also at times tiring. But there's a time where after uh, dinner, uh, pretty much every night, uh, we, uh, my wife and I, and myself specifically, go up and put our boys to bed. And uh, this is after Jude preaches on a little uh, uh, stool we have. <clears throat> uh, Jake, his assistant, uh, does the preaching and Jude answers the questions. But anyway, uh, <clears throat> and then I take them upstairs and, and uh, they go to bed. And uh, almost every night after dinner, um, I, when we go upstairs to their room, I'm laying on the ground, <laughs> I guess I'm tired partly, and partly just kind of laying there while they're sitting in their little cubby next to me, and I begin to pray over them. And I, I've prayed, we've prayed over them in their rooms ever since they've been infants. Any of you prayed in there with us? If you've been over to our house, you've probably gone into their room at times. And anyway, as I'm praying for them, they're still reading, or I, I allow them at times to read or play with their toys. But coming one time, that there's one time that comes up when uh, I finally get their attention. Um, as I finish praying, and you know, in the name of Jesus, and then I begin to sing. And I begin to sing two main songs that we sing uh, over the last couple of years at least. We've had different ones. is Amazing Grace. And then, after I sing Amazing Grace, I sing, You Are My Sunshine, right? So, you are my sunshine, my little sunshine. You make me, ooh, I missed it. You make me happy when skies are gray. Anyway, and I'll say, uh, you'll never know, Jude and Jake, how much I love you. Please don't take my sunshine away. Well, anyway, it's at that moment that they calm down. And they come over and they lay next to me. Or they lay on top of me, they still kind of jump up and down and <laughs> cause me bodily harm uh, moments. But, but it's at that moment that they're finally still enough where I can truly enjoy and they can truly enjoy being with me. They enjoy being with me as their father and knowing my nearness, knowing my love and knowing my presence. I don't get it very often, but when I start singing at night, uh, maybe as a way to stay out of going to bed any longer, I don't know, but they begin to come near and we begin to experience that nearness. You know, it's at that time as they're drawn close to me, they just want to be with me. And, uh, uh, well, as I said, they do bounce on me a bit. But as a father, it's so valuable for me to have this time with them. I would love them to do that all the time. But uh, this is such an important time for them as well. They want me to see them and see all the things that they're building and doing and acting like they're doing. But they need my presence. After all their performing, after all their energy, after all their acting, after all their preaching, their playing and such, they're finally still enough where they can truly enjoy being with me, their father. Uh, and uh, they know my love. And they're in my presence, as I said. We, let's remind ourselves of how, and think about that, how precious that is when we're together 
and, and we're in, pres- in God's presence, and we're in uh, one another's presence. During this holiday season, there's so much giving and receiving of presents, P-R-E-S-E-N-T-S, right? There's a giving and receiving of those presents, but the greatest need that we have as human beings, the greatest need we have is that need for presence, P-R-E-S-E-N-C-E, <laughs> In our lives, the presence of God and others that God has given us, not just presence. You know, Christmas time is a time of great joy for many. It's a time of great joy being with family and, and loved ones and, and friends and experiencing that. You know, but it's also a time of great loneliness for so many who have broken families, who are not with their families, or who are far from their loved ones at that time. You know, just like my boy's greatest need at Christmas time or any other time for that matter is not just me giving them things, though that's a good thing. Um, it is uh, Christmas is about God giving us the gift of his one and only son so that the issue of presence, P-R-E-S-E-N-C-E, could be taken care of for all time. This presence is what is defined by the name Emmanuel, God with us. For those of you who are hurting and lonely today, I want to say this. The presence of God is available for every person who will receive Emmanuel by faith. Let's look together at the scripture and see what it says about how God solved the issue of his presence with us for all time by the gift of his son. Let's turn to Matthew chapter 1 and verses 18 through Nine, uh, through 23, but we're going to just start and I'm going to break apart the scripture just a bit so that we can understand a bit about God's presence, about God as Emmanuel and how we can uh, enjoy him in that way. It says in Matthew chapter 1 and verses 18 and 19, this is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law, and yet he did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. Right? Joseph is operating under our normal, uh, under our normal laws of whatever you want to call it, biology, which is my wife could not have become pregnant uh, through me, so it's been through some other way, and uh, I, I must divorce her quietly because he didn't want to shame her. And, uh, but the reality is that uh, we know uh, that this was a divine birth of Jesus. But it's important for us to understand that Jesus was born of a virgin. He was born of a virgin, and uh, Jesus was born 100% God and 100% man. Doesn't compute with our natural uh, mathematic <laughs> laws, but he was 100% God and 100% man. He wasn't 50% God and 50% man. He was that. And I want to talk about a few reasons why it is vital for us to remember as Jesus came to earth as we celebrate this Christmas, um, reasons why it is so important to remember that Jesus was born of a virgin. One is that he is God. You know, Jesus wasn't just merely a good man or a prophet. He was much more than that. 
Jesus was God Almighty come in the flesh. There is no other way that a man could be God apart from the Holy Spirit of God um, uh, being taking a part in the conception process. And Jesus was absolutely 100% God. He's uncreated and he's uncontainable. And he is like no other teacher there ever was. You know, all other teachers had a father <laughs> and they had a mother that were earthly in nature. But Jesus stands alone as the one born of the virgin, born of a woman who had never been with man, with a man, because God had, uh, God had, had the part in birthing him. So Jesus is God. It's also important for us to know he is man. He's not just partially man. He is 100% man. He was born as a man. And uh, God became one of us through the birth of Jesus. It's a miracle. He ate our food. He walked on our roads. He slept. <laughs> and uh, he, he, uh, he lived his life among us. He felt our pain. He experienced our joys. He grew tired, you can see in different parts of the scripture, which give very common human feelings attached to Jesus. He was every bit a man. And he was tempted. He was tempted as we are, it says in Hebrews, yet he was without sin. In every way, Jesus was tempted. He was tempted to anger. He was tempted uh, to letting his anger rule. To, he was tempted to lust. He was tempted to... to uh, uh, hatred and to bitterness and to everything that we were tempted toward, but he, he was free because of the first point, because he was God. He was made like his brothers, though, in every way. Are you thankful today that Jesus Christ, the one who came to earth, was made like you and made like me? He can understand where you are today and he can understand where I am today because he has been in your shoes yet without sin. So he was born of a virgin. The last thing we need to be able to see here out of that is that he was able to be sinless. And he was sinless. Because Jesus was born of God, he was able to be completely sinless. It's just, it's a, it blows my mind away to think about Jesus being sinless. You know, have you ever thought about the disciples and how it would be not very fun to be around someone who's sinless? <laughs> uh, which it's our distorted view of what sin is really all about, right? <laughs> but like, you know, Jesus going, yep, okay. <clears throat> no, Jesus wasn't that way. Somehow Jesus was sinless, absolutely pure, yet sinners ran to him. Everyone wanted to be around Jesus, the one who was pure beyond all, but was perfect in his love toward others. So Jesus was per fully God, fully man, and he was sinless. He did not sin one time. Was he tempted toward sin? We must believe the scripture, which is, as I spoke of in Hebrews says, yes, but Jesus every single time chose to obey the Father. And it is a wonderful thing. So we remember, we see out of here, as I'll read it again, Jesus the Messiah was born to Mary. He was born but he was, what was in Mary was conceived, she was pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Fully God, fully man, fully sinless. That's Jesus. The second thing it says here in Matthew 1, 20 and 21, is that um, his name was, obviously, as I've been speaking today, Jesus. His name was Jesus. It says, but after he had considered this, speaking of Joseph, when the angel told him, um, not to fear. 
An angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. I love it. Greek translation of the Aramaic short form Yeshua which Joshua, if you see in the Old Testament, the sixth book of the Bible, Joshua, the one who led the Israelites into the promised land of Israel, his name means God saves. And Jesus is that form which uh, <clears throat> Jesus is the, uh, the Greek translation of that name. And it is God with us, but it is, I'm sorry, it is Yeshua, Jesus, meaning God is salvation. The name Jesus announces what Jesus' primarily, uh, primary work on earth is. If we're seeing Jesus as a good teacher, as someone who's teaching us to be nice, showing us some good moral rules, helping us out with all of that stuff, which, you know, even giving us the golden rule and all of that sort of thing, that we are far, far short of the true reason why Jesus came. Jesus didn't come merely to be a good teacher. Jesus didn't come to be a religious figure. Jesus came to be a sacrifice for our sins. Jesus never lost it. I mean, you and I would have succumbed to the temptation years and, uh, or months. His ministry was three years earlier than he ever did. Jesus did things so amazing that everyone around him wanted to lift him up and make him a king. And he could have, he could have probably gotten away with it in the natural if he wasn't God. I mean, even if he as God, he could have. But everyone, they saw him heal. He's delivering people of demons. He's raising people from the dead. And everywhere people are saying, Jesus, you're the coming king. Right? This was the understanding of the Jewish people of that day was that the one that was coming was destined to be a natural king of Israel. But Jesus knew why he came. He didn't come to be a natural king, though he is. He didn't come to be uh, uh, a good teacher, he came to bear our sin so that we could become sons of God. And so Jesus, I just want to say I love Jesus today. And you, I believe, love him. Many, if not most of you in this room, love him with all your heart because Jesus never allowed himself to be exalted before the due time. He was always pushing his way back. You know, people wonder that. Why does Jesus heal a guy and say, go... Don't go and tell anybody about it, you know? That's not very good promotion, you know? Jesus should be, back then, if they had Twitter, should have been on the network, social network, telling people, here's an Instagram of this dude I raised from the dead. <laughs> That's the way of our promotion. But Jesus' way was, don't tell anyone, because I know God, my Father. I am God, and I know the timing for all of this. And I am not going to be dissuaded from going all the way to Jerusalem, from going all the way to the cross for the people that I love. My one and only, my one and only bride, the church. Praise his holy name. So Jesus, um, uh, was, one other thing about this is that Jesus was God saves. And, and th th his name means God saves. We must understand that Jesus came to be our savior. Nicodemus, who was one of the leading teachers of the law at that time, came to Jesus in John, the book of John in chapter 3, and was, came at night, by the way. <laughs> Jesus was a bit of a controversial figure. 
And he came to him, and, and, John, um, and Nicodemus was just coming from this religious idea, right? You, how many of you have heard out there, uh, all religions are basically the same, you know? We're all getting to God. We're, you know, we're all heading toward God. And it's all basically the same thing. Love, you know, love other people, be kind, be nice. And Jesus is saying, pooey on that. Well, I don't know if you use the word pooey. What is the Hebrew word for pooey? Anyway, uh, <clears throat> please laugh or something. You know. uh, Jesus said, no way, Nicodemus, you got it wrong. You're talking about doing good things and, and you know, keeping the law and all that. I said, Jesus looked straight at him and said to a, to a teacher of the law, a respected man, he said, you will not even enter the kingdom of heaven unless you've been born again. Well, that shocked Nicodemus because all he knew was that, uh, uh, that man was just supposed to do enough good. You know, we were, we were keeping the law in order to have God on our side. And, and, um, and, and he blew it all out and he said, no, it's not. You're never going to be good enough. It's not all the same. There's only one Savior and there's only one Lord. And his name is Jesus. Jesus, God saves. Say God saves today. You glad that God saves? Oh, I'm so glad about that. One author said it this way. I think it's interesting. When I say one author, it means it is uh, anonymous. But it says, if our greatest need had been information, God would have sent an educator. If our greatest need had been technology, God would have sent us a scientist. If our greatest need had been money... God would have sent us an economist. But since our greatest need was forgiveness, God sent us a Savior. Praise His holy name. The next thing it says here, Matthew 1, 22, as we realize Jesus is born of a virgin, fully God, fully man, and fully sinless, that he's, uh, His name is Jesus, which means God saves. He is the fulfillment of prophecy. He's the fulfillment of prophecy. Matthew 1, 22 says this, All this, what has previously been read by me, out of this scripture. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. This prophet, who is this prophet? This prophet is Isaiah. And um, Isaiah, there were over 800 years that stood between the prophet Isaiah, son of Amaz, who was speaking to the kingdom of Israel. There were over 800 years that stood between that prophet and between uh, Jesus coming to earth. And this prophet had prophesied one born of a virgin was coming who would take away the sins of the world. Jesus was and is the Messiah. What is the Messiah? He's the promised deliverer of the Jewish nation who was prophesied about in the Hebrew Bible. And ultimately, he's the savior of all mankind. He's the prophesied, the promised one, this Messiah. Jesus didn't happen by chance. Jesus didn't just kind of come along. God knew in his wisdom in the wisdom, it says that Jesus was the Lamb of God slain from the foundations of the earth. Let that one blow your mind a little bit. God didn't create us as mankind without having uh, a prevenient, a plan that went before for all time. And Jesus, uh, it wasn't merely a chance happening, something that had been at the heart of God from eternity past. He knew that the only solution to the issue of presence... God's presence, being with man, was to send a Savior, and that's Christ the Lord. 
The next thing is that Emmanuel, Matthew 1, 23 says this, the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. You see, Emmanuel is a name which describes how God intended relationship with he and man to be and how he caused it to be as he came among us in Jesus. But now, as we turn and we look into eternity future, it is what God has promised for us who believe in Jesus, that forevermore God will be Emmanuel, God with us. Who, even in Revelation chapter 7 and Revelation chapter 21, it says he will wipe the tears from our eyes. God will be that present with us throughout all of eternity. Here's a definition of Emmanuel in the fourfold gospel commentary. It says, which being interpreted God with us. Listen to this. Nature shows God above us. The law shows God against us. But the gospel, Jesus coming to die for our sins, shows God with us and for us. Let me say that again. Nature shows God above us. He is great in the... you know, the psalmist says that, that um, how great is the handiwork of the Lord. It, it puts us in awe. <clears throat> but nature shows that he's above us. The law, that which was put into effect uh, with Moses, showed God against us. Because we could never keep the law. We could never do every small bit of the law perfectly because our hearts needed to be changed. But the gospel, the good news of Jesus... And Emmanuel means God with us and God for us. I love it that Simeon, one of, an old man uh, in the temple, a prophet in the temple, when Jesus came at his eighth day to be circumcised, he prophesied uh, and spoke about Jesus. And he spoke about Jesus as, um, one, um, as one who had come. God has come to help his people. I love it. It's a beautiful thing. Jesus was God with us for a time on earth. He made his way, uh, he made the way through death, burial, and resurrection that he'd be with us on earth, uh, for those who, uh, he'd be with us on earth, and for those who receive him as Lord and Savior, he will be with him forever throughout all of eternity. I want to say this today to those of you who have come and are seeking, and you're saying, what is God all about? What does this really mean? God came here to be with us in our pain and sin. And we're grateful. I'm grateful for that, that he bore our griefs, it says in Isaiah. He carried our sorrows, Isaiah 53. The punishment that brought us peace was on him. And by his wounds, we've been made whole. But you know what God ultimately wants is for us to be with him free of pain and free of sin forever. You see, Jesus came to be with us in our sin and in our pain so that we could ultimately be with him free of sin and free of pain forever. How's that for a swap? I think that's a pretty good one to me. Emmanuel, Jesus died for you that are seeking in this room, that you might be with him forever. He's extended a gift to you today. The gift is that of eternal life. And that gift, it's a choice now. For you today, whether you receive him as the free gift, the free gift of eternal life that he offers to us by receiving Jesus as your Lord, by saying there's no other way, there's no amount of good that I can do to get myself to God. Jesus, you are Emmanuel. You are Jesus. God saves. And if we'll do that, I challenge you here to consider what that life is about and that that life 
that Jesus has as Emmanuel is fully found in a fully present God. God with us. See, God wants to be with us. He was with us on earth. He wants to live with us here in our daily lives, but he wants us to be with him where he is for all of eternity. To the followers of Jesus, those who've already received Jesus as Lord, are you experiencing Jesus through the presence of his Holy Spirit as Emmanuel? I really want to challenge you to do this by practicing his presence on a daily basis. If you have received Jesus Christ as your Lord and as your Savior, he is Emmanuel on a daily basis. God with us. God is with you as you've expressed faith in him. But we need to acknowledge God with us through the Holy Spirit. You see, Jesus, when he was leaving to go to heaven, in John chapter 14, John chapter 16, he explains the role of the Holy Spirit. And and the disciples are distressed because Jesus, God who had been with them, was now about to leave them. And Jesus said to them, I'm going away, but it's for your good. And they're like, how is that good, Jesus? We've had you with us. But he's saying, for all of mankind, for all of my people, my going away is good. Why? Because I will send you the Holy Spirit, who is also God, to be with you forever. You see, Jesus had limited himself to being in one place at at a time as a man, although he was fully capable of everything as God. But he had limited himself to one place at one time. But the Emmanuel, God with us, continues today for those of us who are believers through the Holy Spirit. When you receive Jesus Christ as Lord, you're adopted as his child, and his spirit comes to live within you, and then forevermore you have access to God through the Holy Spirit. Emmanuel is with you. What is one of the names of the Holy Spirit whom Jesus sent to those who believe? The paraclete. What is the paraclete? Come on up here, John, for a second. I'll just show you real quickly. Okay? Go ahead and walk around. Paraclete is the one who walks beside. It's the one who walks beside. John is a believer in Jesus Christ. Paraclete's right here with you today. You may be walking around to school or to your business and you're feeling like nobody's with you. The paraclete is just whispering here. You're a great guy, John. God loves you. Thank you. The paraclete, the Holy Spirit, is with you. But how goofy would it be if I was walking out alongside of John and he just ignored me, (laughs) right? And I'm not here to put us on a guilt trip, but what I'm saying is the Holy Spirit is walking beside you. He's as close to you as he is to anyone. God is with you today through the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit. So I want to sum it up with this. God originally designed mankind to be with him, right? In the garden, God walked, talked, and they heard his voice. They heard him, they, they saw him, and they spent time with him, Adam and Eve. Because of sin, that Emmanuel, God was with, so Emmanuel in the garden. But because of that sin, it was broken. So God loved us enough to become Emmanuel, God with us in our pain, God with us in our sorrow, God with us in our sin, and he bore that sin so that until he returns, he is with us by the Holy Spirit who he has sent from heaven now that he is raised to the right hand of the Father. But that's not even the best part, which is a great part. But ultimately, 
He wants Emmanuel, every one of you who call on the name of Jesus, Emmanuel, not only will he be with you, you will be with him. Jesus said in John chapter 17, Father, I pray that they may be with me and see me in my glory. The glory that you had, that I had with you, Father, before the world began. Man, that's good stuff. Emmanuel with us in our pain, Emmanuel with us now as we're being renewed in him as the church. But I'm talking about Emmanuel. Now we're with him and he's with us forevermore. Let's stand and let's pray. Father, we love you. We thank you that you are Emmanuel. We thank you so much, Jesus, that you, uh, you chose to be with us in our pain. You chose to be with us in our hurt. You chose to be with us in our sin. I just thank you for that, Jesus. I thank you that you, Jesus, just as you ate at the home of Simon the leper, an outcast in his community, you showed us what true holiness is. You, the clean, became one with the unclean and made them clean. I thank you that you, the clean, holy, and pure one, came and lived among us so that we might be clean and then we might ultimately be with you. We just thank you today, God. I just pray today for your kingdom to come and your will to be done in each and every heart, each and every mind, and each and every life. In Jesus' holy and precious name, amen. I want to just ask today for for those of you who are uh, being touched by God, I do believe his spirit is here. I know he is here, and he's here to meet with you. I want to ask some of our prayer team to come forward before I give the invitation so that people, prayer team, uh, faith group leaders and an intern or two today if you like you can come on forward but I want to say this we're here to pray for you this is a place free of shame and what I what I want to say is first if you have never received Jesus Christ as your Lord if you heard me talking about a relationship with God and, and you're, you're a bit confused about that or you understand, I really never have received what Jesus did on the cross for me. I want to encourage you to talk one of the, to one of these folks here. Talk to one of your friends that you came with or whatever and give your life to follow Jesus because you will be with Emmanuel forever in all of eternity. But I want to say this too. There's a lot of, even as I'm talking today, there's a lot of pain that I feel in this room. A lot of hurt a lot, and, and times like Christmas really bring that stuff up. Times where we feel extremely lonely, where we feel that everyone else is on the inside and we're on the outside. And I want to say this, Emmanuel wants to be here with you in your pain today through the Holy Spirit to bring comfort. How do you receive comfort? It's not just through words. It's through the power and presence of the Holy Spirit. When one of these folks up here lays their hand on you and prays for the comfort of God, Guess what? You receive comfort. Will you feel it? I hope you feel something, but even if you don't, you take by faith that the Spirit of the living God is comforting you. There's pain. There's brokenness. There's hurt. You're not condemned for that. God's here today to be with you in that. He's here to be with you in your pain, in your shame, and in your sin. He's not here to leave you in sin. He's here to say, as he said to the woman caught in the act of adultery, does anyone condemn you? No, I don't condemn you. Even though I see you and I see your sin, I forgive you and say, don't go and don't, don't live in that sin anymore. 
And then the third thing is, if, you have, if you're saying, I want a fresh understanding of God with me as the Holy Spirit on a day-to-day basis, I want to ask you to come and to get prayer today. And I'm fully expecting people to, to take advantage of this opportunity to pray today with these up here. And as well, if all of them are praying for folks, turn to one another. You are kingdom of priests in God. You are able to pray for and to be prayed for for other people. And then after that, we are uh, going to do something else. But let's, uh, let's just begin to come forward as Seth plays. And please don't miss the opportunity today to receive of Emmanuel, to receive him for the first time, to receive his comfort in sin, pain, and brokenness, or to receive his daily paraclete walking beside you presence for everything that you do.